Hello, this is Reading with Finus. I am Finus. I'm reading American Indian myths and legends to you today. The story from that book that I'm going to read is part nine. I think this is the last chapter. Something whistling in the night. Ghost and spirit world. Ooh, ghost and the spirit world. Sounds exciting. This is the intro to that. Um, follow me at Everything's Just Fine on Instagram to see illustrations of mine. Hey, hey, hey. Try to read every day. If not, don't sweat it, y'all. I got you. Y'all got you. Um, anything else? Things on the things on the gambit for me. How am I feeling? I'm feeling great today. Um, feeling good. Feeling good. Believe in yourself. Stay steady. Stay strong. If you don't believe in yourself all the time, that's okay too. There's some wise words. What was it? Oh yes, wise words told to me recently. Thank you, Ariel. Um, miss a thousand of the shots you don't take. You know. Uh, there's also a rejection podcast to listen to by How to Be a Better Human. It was great. Uh, re-listen to it again. It's one of those re-listen to things about rejection and leaning into it and how much you can learn, how much that it's not that deep once you start playing in a rejection. Uh, it, it helps you grow. Here I am putting out a podcast. You know, I asked for, I asked for you guys to say hello. Everything's just fine. Reject it constantly. It's okay. I'm not bitter. I am a little, but it's okay. You keep trying. You keep shooting your shots. Sooner or later, you know, things will work out or they don't, and you'll be okay with it because rejection won't matter to you that much. You see how easy it is for me to look at my empty inbox and see that there's no people saying, oh, my God, reading the finest is dope. I'm cooling. I'm chilling. The first couple of weeks, crying. Now, chilling and cooling. Um, what was I going to say? I think we should get this started. Part nine, something whistling in the night. Ghosts in the spirit world. Ghost stories and tales of the dead are essential parts of almost every people's folklore. And American Indians are no exception. The ghosts here, however, are not necessarily always evil or threatening. The dead don't automatically become ghosts either. So all hunting visions are not necessarily spirits of the departed. Among some tribes, there are only vague ideas of the existence of an afterlife. Death was the end, and that was that. At the other extreme of the cultural spectrum were the burial mound builders like the Nachaz, who practiced an elaborate death cult with pyramids for the dead. The ruler was buried with treasures of copper, Mika, shell, and pearls, as well as a host of women and retainers dispatched to serve him in the next world. In between are the cultures that envision the souls of the dead living in the spirit land. In much of the same way that they lived on earth, they, the men hunting buffalo, gathering crops, or fishing, the women tending to home or teepee, the Mandans believe that people had four souls, and the sage and metal metal arc souls merged to form the spirit that went on to another world. The third soul remained 
in its old lodge, and the fourth appeared from time to time simply to frighten people. In variations on the classic Oriophis theme, the tales here recount several voyages made by the living into the land of the departed from either curiosity or devotion to a dead relative. While the Greek hero follows his beloved to a world underground, his Indian counterpart may find himself traveling to the bottom of a lake, across the Milky Way, or over mountains in plains similar to those inhabited by the living. Although the road is usually strewn with traps from the cowardly or careless, exchanges between the dead and the living are common. Men or women suddenly find out that they have married a ghost, a discovery that puts an interesting twist in romance. The lives of the dead and the living are not nat are not generally compatible over the long run. It would seem each must return to his or own his or his or her own kind, eventually, so that order may be reestablished. Relations with the departed continue, however, through ritual among many tribes. A warrior must purify himself, fast, and abstain from sex in order to appropriate the ghost of an enemy he has killed. When a Sioux died, his wengie, wengi, his ghost or soul, left the body but stayed near for four days. You better please that the spirit, lame deer said, or it might make trouble. With every meal, you leave a morsel aside for the spirits. When I drink the minasha wine or, the, or some suta hard liquor, I always spill little bits for an old wino friend saying, here, cola, is something for you to enjoy. A good man could take his horse along to the happy hunting grounds. That's why I, a great chief's or fighter's best horse was sometimes killed after his death, and the horse's head and tail were tied to the funeral scaffold. We didn't believe in burying people in the earth. No, the body of our dead were put on scaffolds or in trees where the birds and uh, the wind and the rain could take care of them. The soul went on to the spirit land, through the sky, and on the trail set all owl woman, Hanakaya, who would not let them pass unless they had the right signs on their foreheads or chins or wrists. When a child dies, sometimes the father could not stand parting from it. Then he took some hair from the body and put it into a bundle, which he placed in a special teepee. There he kept the child's soul. Soul keeping was hard. It might go on for a year. And during this time, the father could not touch his wife, his gun, his weapons. He could not go out and hunt. At the end, the soul was released with a great giveaway feast. Wow. Interesting stuff. This has been very insightful. Uh, something that's coming to mind off tops. I'm not done with this. There's a little bit more to go. Uh, is the, like the gender and sexuality and shit. Um I've been more aware of it and just reading through this and seeing like, what about people that are, you know, not in, in this between areas or not on this at all spectrum? What were they doing? And which side were they looping on? Um, also, we're talking about the gift. Oh, yeah. Holding on to things and having the bodies out and not being buried. This is some really cool uh, ways of dealing with 
the body after life has gone from it. I'm here for it. Among the Navajo and some other southwestern tribes, the dwelling in which a person had died was abandoned or destroyed. And his corpse, the token of lifelessness, greatly feared. People not related to the departed would offer to bury or cover the body as a gesture of goodwill. They believed that ghosts came out only after dark, and their appearance often betokens the imminent death of a close relative. In some tribes, the name of a dead person was never mentioned again. Some, some ghosts are harmless, funny, prompting, or getting caught in a string of comic episodes among the living. They have also been known to play tricks on people, making a man's mouth crooked or bringing illness. Parents invoke them as a boogeyman to scare children. If you don't behave, Sayoko will take you away, a Sioux mother might threaten. Other ghosts may bless a person in his dreams or warn, warn of approaching dangers. A whistling sound behind a teepee usually announces the arrival of a ghost messenger. Ghosts are generally dark and indistinct in shape. They nourish, they nourish themselves only on the smell, not the substance of food. However, they have also been known to appear in the guise of coyotes, mice, and sparks of fire. The crow believe that certain ghosts hunt graves, hoot like owls, and manifest themselves as whirlwinds. Among the Taiwa Pueblos, the newly dead souls wander about in the world of the living. In the company of his ancestors for four days, during which time the village remains generally uneasy. Relatives fear that the soul will become lonely in return to take on of one of them with him. The house itself must not be left unoccupied at any time during these four days. In order to keep the soul from reoccupying uh, it, the soul is eventually released when the head elder utters a short prayer and reveals the purpose of a symbolic acts that relatives have performed. We have, um, I think this is uh, some type of little saying that, let's see, well, let me go back. Relatives fear the soul will become blah, 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 for an order to the soul reincarnate, the soul is eventually released and utters a short prayer. Okay, here's a short prayer. We have muddied the water for you, the smoke. We have cast shadows between us, the charcoal. We have made deep gullies between us, the lines. Do not, therefore, reach for even a hair on our heads. Rather, help us attain that which we are always seeking, long life, that our children may grow, abundant game, the rising of crops, and in all the works of, a, of man, ask for these things for all, and do no more, and now you must go. For you are now free. When the Incarnation Pina, the last sacred clown of San Defonso, Pablo, had been dead for four days, one of his friends remarked, he is already up there in the mountains making rain for us. Love it. Okay, afterlife stuff is dope. I'm a fan of afterlife stuff and how you deal with it, right? Aren't we all just dealing with uh, our independent, you know, impending death ultimately happening? We're either trying to make a legacy for ourselves or make memories, you know, do all these things. I don't know if we're doing it for completely death. You know, that's kind of morbid. Maybe not. Maybe death doesn't have to be 
and take a deep breath. Maybe death doesn't have to be so morbid. Um, but, you know, thanks for doing here while we're here chilling. It's cool. It's great. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, let's get this shit started. Dang, I said the S word like two times in this podcast. Wow, finest. Uh, this is like a PG-13 podcast now, right? Uh, follow your dreams and I'll be back here tomorrow to read to you again. Ba-do-do. do 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 do